0: G'day and welcome to Partake. Today I'm talking about the Christian disciple and moral purity. The world is mad about sex. It sells magazines, DVDs, clothes, TV shows, films, you name it. It sells it. It is one of the gods of our age. Not only is that but we only have to glimpse quickly at recent history to find Christian leaders who have fallen due to the sin of sexual immorality. How are we as Christian disciples to face these issues of moral purity and sex? First, let me state three ways that Christians incorrectly think about sex, both historically and at present. Firstly, there is compromise with the worldly values of sex, where anything is allowed, providing nobody really gets hurt. The second error is that the subject is so sacred and it is never to be discussed publicly. And then, lastly, the idea that sex is dirty and is to be avoided at all costs in order to be a really holy, super spiritual person. However, As I said, these are incorrect attitudes. So what does comprise a correct and considered attitude for the Christian disciple to have regarding sex? The Bible says that sex is beautiful and is all part of God's creation. At the beginning in Genesis 1, it was all very good. It was a beautiful gift from God for purposes of procreation and the mutual enjoyment of both a man and a woman but only within the confines of a heterosexual marriage. Anybody who is anti-morality is therefore anti-sex and subsequently anti-God. What the Christian disciple should maintain is that sex would be better if man hadn't sinned originally. We shouldn't feel guilty if we had desires. It is natural, but we are to control them before they control us. One of the strongest human desires is for sexual intimacy. But it needs to be under control and under control of the spirit. And as ever, there is a tendency to abuse all good things that God has given us. Anything God has made, it can and will be perverted. What should be love turns to lust. And what was morality is now immorality. One of the major problems for Christian disciples to overcome in this area is the thought life. In Matthew chapter five verses 27 to 28, Jesus said that lust is trying to claim for yourself what doesn't belong to you, i.e., somebody else's body. He goes on to say that what you shouldn't do in the body you should not do in the mind, for that is God's standard. Sexual desires are easily inflamed, played upon, or enlarged. So how can normal sexual desire be controlled? Firstly, by not feeding anything that will inflame your old nature. Remove it, get rid of it. If it is sin, it feeds the old nature. If you do succumb, you will reap the consequences. Just as you would be eaten, if you stepped into, into the middle of a pride of lions. Anything we observe and hear will affect our old nature, whether that's music, books, TV, video, pictures, magazines, posters, dare I say it, the internet. We are to feed our minds with that which is pure, writes the psalmist in Psalm 119 verse nine, and then it will be easier to control the thought life. Thoughts come from the outside, It's what you do with the thought. There is an old saying that if you put garbage in, you will get garbage out. What is God's standard and therefore the biblical perspective on sex? Clearly, Scripture stipulates that sexual union is to be only for the heterosexual married couple. Anything outside of that standard is abhorrence to God and therefore sin. By engaging in sexual immorality, you do hurt the other person, and other people as well. Christian disciples ought not to do anything in a relationship that arouses desire, and this obviously requires great sensitivity. Satan's and the world's order in a relationship is body first, followed by soul, and then spirit. However, this order is the reverse of God's order thus leading to physical intimacy before spiritual intimacy. God's foundation for sexual intimacy and security is first of all oneness of spirit, then oneness of mind, culminating in the oneness of body in marriage. This is the order in which we are to develop a relationship. Friendship between male and female sows the seeds to love, where a genuine relationship wants to give not get. Love wants to give and lust wants to get. The spiritual side is stressed, then the mind and then the physical at marriage. Lastly, before I close, if you are one of the many that have a problem with internet porn addiction, then do sign up for one of the many services that monitor your internet access and send a log to a person or people of your choice. One such provider is www.covenanteyes.com, and whilst this there is a subscription for their services, there are many free providers available. For more to think about, please do read First Thessalonians chapter four verses one to eight. Ask yourself the following questions, writing them down if you can, and see how you respond or react to them. Why not share your answers with your spouse or a close friend so that you can pray over any issues together? Are there things from my past that I need specifically to ask God's forgiveness for in the area of sexual morality? Are my thought processes, words and actions consistent with the biblical model for relationships? What steps can I take in my life in order to remain sexually pure? As ever, if you have any comments to make on this, please do contact me at uk. I would love to hear from you and if these are making any difference at all to your continual, lifelong Christian discipleship. Thank you.